Good morning everyone, it's lovely to share this time with you. Today we're going to be looking at one of my favourite stories in the Gospels and that's when Jesus fed the 5,000 plus. And so today we're going to read that quickly in John chapter 6. Sometime after this, Jesus crossed so to the far shore of the Sea of Galilee, that is the Sea of Tiberias, and a great crowd of people followed him because they saw the miraculous signs that he had performed on the sick. Then Jesus went up on a mountainside and he sat down with his disciples. The Jewish Passover feast was near. When Jesus looked up and saw a great crowd coming towards him, he said to the disciples, he said to Philip, where shall we buy bread for these people to eat? He asked this only to test him, for he had already had in mind what he was going to do. Philip answered him, eight months wages would not buy enough bread for each one to even have a bite. Another of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, spoke up. Here is a boy with five small barley loaves and two small fish. But how far will they go among so many? Jesus said, make the people sit down. There was plenty of grass in that place and the men sat down, about 5,000 of them. Jesus then took the loaves, gave thanks and distributed to those who were seated as much as they wanted. He did the same with the fish. When they had all had enough to eat, he said to his disciples, Gather the pieces that are left over, let nothing be wasted. So they gathered them and filled twelve baskets with the pieces of the five barley loaves left over by those who had eaten. After the people saw the miraculous sign that Jesus did, Jesus knowing, <clears throat> they began to say, Surely this is the prophet who has come to the world. Jesus, knowing that they intended to come and make him king by force, withdrew again to a mountain by himself. And I love that story. It was one of my all-time favourites as a little girl. I was always fascinated with this multiplication miracle that Jesus performed. And I have mentioned on numbers of occasions my trip to the Holy Land back many years ago now when I was just 18. And one of my highlights of that trip was actually being on the Lake of Galilee and sitting there and contemplating how Jesus would have spent a lot of time here with his disciples. And then we crossed over the Sea of Galilee on a little boat trip and our guide who was a, a Jewish man and our bus driver who was an Arab man who got on like a house on fire actually, we had a lot of fun with them and they were explaining to us how wonderful the skies look blue and the sun is shining and there was no wind and sometimes this particular area in Jerusalem was known that as soon as you kind of got into the middle of the sea or the lake which is a very big expanse of water that the weather can change really suddenly and then all of a sudden the boats would be tossed about the skies would go black and then the rains would come and the winds would come and we hear the stories of when like you know the disciples were out on the boat and the the, the weather changed and there was a storm and Jesus came to them and we hear of these stories in this area and so I, it was wonderful crossing the Sea of Galilee on a boat and also we got the opportunity to swim in it and it was a beautiful lake just to think that you know Jesus may have you know paddled his feet in these waters and spent time on the shore with his disciples it was really it really made the kind of bible come alive in a real fresh way and so um it was incredible to me really that I could have possibly been in the very vicinity that this story had taken place where Jesus maybe have told this story 
the feeding of the 5,000. And in this, in this record, it says men. And so obviously there would have been a lot more people than that if there had been lots of women and children and families around as well. And so in this account, the disciples are entrusted with the are contrasted with the younger with a youngster who brought in basically his pack lunch and he brought this little humble pack lunch of five little loaves and two small fish to the disciples who then presented it to Jesus they certainly would have been more resourced than that little boy but they knew that it would be an impossible task to even try to feed this number of people. Even eight months wages wouldn't have gone and stretched it. And not even for people to have a bite, let alone a whole bread roll or a little fish or a sardine to themselves. And so whatever they had would never be enough. So they didn't give anything at all. But the boy gave the little that he had and it made all the difference. And if we offer nothing to God, he will have nothing to use. But he can take the little that we have and turn it into something great. And this is the crux of this story to me, that Jesus is a, a miraculous person who can turn the little things that we offer to him into something that multiplies and has fruit throughout our lives. I'm always amazed by this principle and how we see over time the multiplication that God does with our littles. For example, when I look back to the early days of Cornerstone, we really were small in number and certainly small in resources. But as people gave the little things that they had to God, things like mostly their time and their gifts and their talents and their small or lack of resources, I mean, when I think about it, nobody really had much then. Julian and Sarah, love them, were living on fresh air. We were all young and students or newlyweds, so we didn't really have much. There were a few people like earning or in jobs, but really the rest were like young people and people that were unemployed. And so it remains true to see this principle, how as a group of people with not much gave their little to God and how over the last 20 so years, God has multiplied those things and here we are today. And so that is a real true principle that we can really trust God in. And so Julian and Sarah were really true and steadfast to their calling that God had called them here to Swansea, to this area. And gradually over time, God added and multiplied our littles into well, really what we have today and is continuing to do so. And I want to encourage you, if you are young, if you are old, if you are anywhere in the middle, that we are never too young, we are never too old, we never have to worry about giving what we have to God, because at the end of the day, it's not about us. It's about this principle of multiplication and trusting God with our littles and giving God our lives and letting him do the miraculous with it. Faithful people who are willing to serve muck in and give, even if it's a little amount as it's not really about the amount, it's about the heart. And as we know, there are many scriptures in the Bible that talks about God looking at the heart and God wanting us to have a good heart with good motives and good, um, you know, a willingness really to give and to serve. And God sees and tests our hearts. And in a way, here we see him testing Philip and testing his disciples. And here he was testing the disciples, especially, like I said, Philip, if anyone knew where to get food, it would have been Philip because he was from that area of Bethsaida and he was testing Philip to strengthen his faith by asking for a human solution, knowing that there was none. Jesus highlighted the powerful and miraculous 
act that he was about to perform. So when Philip was asked where they could buy this great amount of food, Philip started assessing the probable cost. Eight months wages would not buy enough bread for these people to just even have a small little bite. And so not even a whole bread roll each. Jesus wanted to teach him about resources. And we can sometimes limit God to what he wants to do in us by assuming what is and is not possible. God can work the miraculous. And so I want to encourage us this morning, wherever we are in our lives, whatever age we are, whatever resources we have, to give to God your little. And God can work the miraculous. And so trust him to provide the resources for you as you serve him. When we got married at 19, we thought we would have to move in with our parents or maybe live out of our car or a tent. We had no resources, just a whole lot of love and determination and a tiny bit of savings. Well, through a series of events, we ended up buying our first home. It was a little, small little cottage in a little village outside of Swansea and it was uh, belonging to my aunts. And so it came up for sale and there was a whole load of events that took place. And in the end, Adam and I were sort of gifted to purchase it. And um, the value of it almost doubled within the first year. And then we were able to actually move to Swansea to help pioneer the work of the church to this area and be more involved with the community, etc. And so we can allow all sorts of things to limit us. And I'm too young or I'm too old or I don't have enough um, experience or I don't have the knowledge or the skills. But as we know and as we trust God and give him our little, then our heart plans and destiny, he can work wonders with. The performing of his miracles. Jesus usually preferred to work through people. When we think about all the miracles of Jesus, they were always through people, weren't they? And here we took a young lad and he offered what he had, just a humble pack lunch, to the saviour, to the teacher, to the rabbi, to this man who everybody was talking about. He was healing the sick, crowds were following him. Was this some sort of new, you know, amazing leader that Israel was going to have? And so there was an expectation. And so this boy was probably really inquisitive to find out, well, if I give my pack lunch to this man, I wonder what will happen. I wonder what he'll do with it. Or maybe God had even prompted this young man, this young lad, to just be in the right place at the right time. And I just want to say that age is no barrier to God. Never think you are too young or too old to be of service to God. He takes whatever we can offer him, whether it's our, all our time, our little bit of our time, our abilities and our gifts or our resources. He has the multiplication effect. It's a heavenly kingdom principle that we can't get our head around. And in the natural, we can't work it out. Just like Philip, he was assessing the natural situation. And sometimes we assess the natural situations and circumstances of our lives. And yet when God steps in and we trust in him and we put our faith in him and we say, right, Lord, here are my little loaves and fish. Just do whatever you can with it. I'm here to serve you. I have a humble heart. I'm willing to learn. I'm willing to do. I'm willing to go wherever you would have me to go. And so if we take the first step in making ourselves available to God, he will show you how greatly you can be used to advance his work and to bless others. And so that is some of the couple of points that I would like to encourage us with this morning from this wonderful story of Jesus feeding the 5,000. And I just want to say that, you know, if you're listening this morning and you perhaps don't really understand, you know, why Jesus came and what it's all about, this is an opportunity for you 
to accept Jesus into your life, to make him the kind of leader and best friend and father figure in your life, to lead you and guide you. And Jesus came to this earth to die a horrific death after living a perfect life. He was just here for three years in his early 30s. He did this amazing sort of time in the real world with real people from all sorts of backgrounds, etc. He performed miracles, he brought a new way of thinking, he empowered the weak, he loved the poor, he enabled and um, really kind of um, gave power to women and he just took people with the little that they had and took their uh, lives and turned them around. And so Jesus has the power to change. He has the power to change us because sometimes we can't change ourselves. We think, yes, I'm going to do this on Monday and I'm going to start afresh in this area of my life. And sometimes we just don't stick at it or we just set ourselves up for failure. But Jesus has the power to really come into our lives and change us. And that's what he did for me when I was nine years of age. He changed my sort of trajectory of my life. He changed the, the plans and purposes that I had. And when I look back now, I see that his plans were perfect. His plans were good. His plans were for my well-being. His plans were for the best I could get out of my life. And so I want to encourage you to choose Jesus today. Accept him into your life. Say, Jesus, I believe in you. I believe you are the son of God, that you came to this earth and lived a perfect life. You died a horrific death on the cross to take all of those things that I have said and done and thought wrong in my life, which the Bible calls sin, that we can come to Jesus and say sorry for those things and we can hand in him our lives and trust him and ask him into our lives to forgive us and to set us on a new path. And as we do that, Jesus, through his Holy Spirit, comes inside of our spirits and lives within us. And then we begin to have this relationship with Jesus where we, we feel his presence, we know his peace, and we know that we will be going to be with him forever when he returns and takes us to heaven. And then when we come back to this earth and we rule and reign with him on this earth, when there is a new heaven and a new earth and all of those things are in the future and yet we can trust in him right now to impact our lives now and to also give us a hope of eternity forever with him, where there is no sickness, no tears, no complicated situations, peace and love and just that being with Jesus. And so I want to encourage you today choose Jesus, invite him into your life and uh, live for him from today. So good morning everyone and thank you for listening and take care and see you soon.